Hail and well met, listeners. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nick, broadcasting live from the Underdark. We've brought several brave souls down here under completely normal circumstances to compete for the right to see the sun again. <laughs> Ugh, get that mic out of my face. I'm fighting a mushroom right now. I'm Declan fucking Quinn. To be honest, we don't know how many are going to make it. So a tune right in every other week for Mirth, Sin, and Fire Season 1, Against the Underdark. In our last episode, Brittany, Declan, and Eric basked in their victory over the specters of the mausoleum, only to discover that Darindil, the cursed elven prince in the body of the Quagoth, had gone missing. After studying the mystic properties of the mausoleum and searching for architectural irregularities, the group finds a trapdoor in a far corner of the room and Darindil unconscious 20 feet below them. Declan descends quickly and Brittany slowly but more carefully. Eric stays above to keep their exit secure. Below, as Brittany brings Darindil back to consciousness with the magic of her music, she and Declan discover another stone sarcophagus in a room of golden bejeweled walls with a stone throne against the back wall. As they watch, a wraith takes form on the throne, the image of the powerful ancient sorceress depicted on the mausoleum's walls. The wraith declares she will drain the life essences of the three in the room with her, returning to life and once again ruling the land. Brittany, with equal parts flattery and guile, offers to sing the wraith a song to celebrate her return. With the permission of the evil ghost of the ancient sorceress, Brittany begins to weave her musical spell of beguilement. As Darindil becomes the focus of the wraith's life-straining attacks, Declan opens the sarcophagus to find the mummy of the sorceress clutching a gold sword hilt. In his mind, Declan hears the voice of the hilt beseeching him to take her up and use her to battle the sorceress. Declan does so, the hilt manifesting a blade of golden light. With this magical weapon, he begins to carve the helpless mummy like a turkey. With Brittany dancing between the Wraith and Darindil to protect her cursed companion, Eric swings into the room, draconic aura ablaze to further draw the attention of the ancient sorceress's Wraith. As Declan carves away the last of the Wraith's identity with his attacks on the mummy, Brittany's song comes to its dominating conclusion, making the remnants of the Wraith her slave. The party gathers the treasures of the sorceress, Brittany claiming a stunning golden necklace of fireballs as her own. Guys, how do you suppose I go about sheathing this? Tell it off. At this point, you hear the voice once again, Declan, just say, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize the fight was over. And the, the light just oh, disappears. Thank you. Where do I put this now? You're welcome. Is it a spider too? No. No, it's a, it's a sheath that turns into a fire sword and it's talking to me. It's a hilt. Yes, so it's, it's hilt. talking yes. to you like the spiders were talking to you, right? The spiders didn't talk to me, they just appeared on my hand and were menacing me. Oh, that, that makes much more sense. I think that Declan's cracked. I wasn't going to say it. It's okay, sweetie. It's going to be okay. To be fair, he does, however, have a fire <clears throat> hilt thing. Yeah. So... Do I tuck this into my waistband, or is that the definite threat to my frankenbeans? Oh, 
you, you want me to stick around? Yes. You'll wield me? You'll use me for good? Does it have to be good? Can it be personal good? Yes. I was made to bring light into the dark places. Light, light, is, light is good, dark is bad, unless I'm trying to hide in it. If I'm trying to hide in the dark, can you hold off on making it light? I... I suppose... This poor sword. I'm <laughs> so disappointed. <laughs> well, what's your name, Wielder? My name is Declan Quinn. Declan. Yes. That is wonderful to meet you. I'm so glad that you came. That you heard my cries. Oh yes, they were quite loud from outside. Then they got quiet when we were inside. Weird. It's my previous Wielder. She thought that she would one day come back, so she decided to keep me by her side. The dark. Alone. Well, she was trying to eat our souls or something. Why is he- who is he talking to? I have to? no- right. I think we're getting a unique insight into Declan at the moment. I think so. Do you guys can't hear this? No. No, honey. Can they hear you? I communicate with you and you alone, Wielder. Okay, that's fine. That apparently it's all fine. He's crazy. <laughs> so, I almost hate to ask, but you're under control of- What's left of this for a while? Right? Yeah. How fast do you think you can go? I don't know. How fast can you go? It can cross the room in a matter of seconds. Fast? Why? Well, the immediate reason for asking that question is it can probably push those wheeled sarcophaguses really, really fast. Oh, that's, that's a great point. Oh my god. The second reason I'm asking is it would probably pull some boats. That, yeah, that might be a little bit more. Well, how long are you in control of it? You're going to take the spirit of one of the most powerful sorcerers that is letting to tow your barge. I only have her for like a minute, guys. Okay, well, yeah, that's not At this point, you, your control is definitely slipping. Found right. the chest. Right, should we finish her off? Yes. Let me strike the blow. Immediately, but. the blade just. <laughs> 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 All right, striking it. Yeah, okay, I'm standing back. Right. Roman execution. Sit, stick the blade right through between the neck, left shoulder blade and neck. Because Declan is so well versed in Roman execution. <laughs> well, that's how the family did it. Right. <laughs> Quinn, that's how the Quinn family does things. It's a clean death. Cleanish. Better than decapitation. Also, I should tell you, Declan, that your eye for treasure tells you that the gold plating on her sarcophagus lid, you could probably pry that off. Oh, I was planning to. Penny if you want to carry it around for a while. Oh, I was planning to. Also, all of you guys are charmed by me right now. FYI. You guys do not know that you're charmed by me, and you guys never will, but FYI. <laughs> I was double-checking her ability. Like, she I was like, tell you guys to do something, and you would do it. Yeah. <laughs> And this is different than Tuesday, how? <laughs> There's a magical influence to it now. <laughs> well, more magical. Uh, again, I, I, I usually have to try and think of reasons not to do what Brittany tells me to do. Because I think we can see by the, by, by, since we walked in the front door of this place, Declan and I should not be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> that blade and you stick it into this figure and it reaches out suddenly and then just fades 
Ah, take that evil ghosty. I'm gonna take your gold trimming now. Go for it. It's gone. Declan, you, you can't talk to everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's gone it's... for like good now. I do never know. Also, the arthritis lift. Oh, thank goodness. It's really hard to dance like that. <laughs> I start prizing the gold off the sarcophagus. You can hear the sword go, why are you doing why are you doing this? Because she was clearly evil and it's no good to her anymore, but it can be good to us. But it's a tomb. You are desecrating a tomb. An evil person's tomb, a person who was trying to devour our souls. I suppose that's fair. She did keep me trapped in a dark box underground for thousands of years. But now I'm wrecking that box, so Do it. <laughs> Doing. So now you have a sheath for a sarcophagus. It's taller than you are. Can he lift it? It's a thin gold. Oh, sheath. okay, that's right. I roll it up. You know, the only bad part about burning the mummy is that was probably the only thing in this entire damn place that would float. The mummy? Yeah. It's not big enough. Every oh, little bit of something I said earlier. Though sarcophagi lids made of stone feel really light for some reason. Huh. Wraps. Yeah, well, at least repairing the one that we've got. Yeah. And and now we have a logical reason to ride these sarcophagus down out of the temple. Absolutely. It's the most logical way to get the, the lids down there. He's actually not wrong. Um, <sighs> Cut to Darren, Dill, Eric, and Declan all riding one of these things down the stairs. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Do I see any, like, fine clothes that she was wearing? Any of, like, those, like, really cool ancient garments or anything that weren't destroyed? No, Declan carved it up real good. <sighs> <laughs> Can I get pieces of it and like prestigitate them clean and kind of like sew them onto my armor or something so that I can look fabulous. So you go to do that. You find one scrap of cloth made from this, uh, that was made for this lady. It's orange with silver trim. It had a very lovely design on it of wheat in the wind. And as you pick it up and you prestigitate the ash off, you watch as the threads on the end just spin themselves out, and the thing just reforms into a... What's the word I'm looking for? It's the piece that hangs, like, from a belt Sad? in front of the person. Oh, kind of like a, like, tabard, but, like, just the skirt part? Yes, exactly. Like, okay. She'll tuck it in, so she kind of has, like, a half-skirt <clears throat> thing now. There you go, yeah. Yeah. She's got, like, her scissor armor. Nice. Black with, like, spider print kind of thing, which she's not thrilled about. And then she's got the orange half skirt that she's kind of fashioned to her belt. Mm-hmm. And her cloak of the manta ray. So she's got, like, blue and orange and black, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, actually, no, her cloak of the manta ray is actually probably green. Because it was hers from before. At, at the moment, I'm 100% sure you can pull that off. It's true. Good luck, Nick, trying to draw this. <laughs> yeah, future Nick, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's get these sarcophaguses down to the river, see how much of this stuff we can pry off of it that will float. 
Absolutely. Well, the lids themselves, when you put them in the water, float. Nice. Are there, is there anything left of the corpses inside? Oh yeah, each of the corpses has, let's see. So, one of them has a ring and a silver necklace. The ring is worth 50 gold, the necklace is worth 250 gold. You can either wear them or convert them to gold, your choice. I'm just dumping them all in the bag at the moment. <laughs> one of them has a gold ewer, and there is a walking stick made of varnished yew with a golden handle shaped like a scorpion. Ooh. Poison. Oh, but it's magical. And then one has a gold censer with platinum filigree worth 250 gold. Is there any incense for the censer? Uh, no incense in there, unfortunately. You'll have to find your own. Okay. The body's pretty desiccated. Yep. Awesome. We bind them up. They'll provide additional flotation for a little while, at least. Any? Are oh. they, they wear any clothing? Yeah. I mean, it's all kind of in a bad state. I'll do what I can with it. I mean, if you press to digitate the human remains off of it, yeah. It yeah. actually looks pretty... It would look pretty decent. I'd like to point out, I think if we put a corpse of... Any state of decay inside that water is going to draw things that we don't want near our boats. That's... that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I don't even like the idea of splashing the paddles too much when we're in that water. That's fair. I mean, we saw what came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Pulling up what those clothes look like, Candace, so that I can kind of describe them to you. Because I know, I know you have a vested interest in outfits here. She is a glamour bard. <laughs> Especially since the water outside is particularly warm, these these things would cup a suit pretty darn fast. Indeed, and we don't want that. Oh well, uh, at least we got the, the the lids. We might be able to fashion both of our boats into one much more stable structure then. Mm-hmm. So one figure, the only the only woman of the four, was wearing a long blue dress. Light blue. Um, dark blue. Dang it. Okay. A very dark blue, very tight-fitted, form-fitting dress. I'll take it. She also had a white cloak. Ooh, yes, mine. With gold trim. Yes. The next figure had a very high-collared tunic, as well as a brown robe with similar stylings to the one you saw on, on your little half-skirt. I leave Except his brown. Brown is not necessary. And this guy was dressed very, was dressed more plainly. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. Uh, the next was wearing a pair of orange striped pants, a black under tunic, and a blue padded vest over it. What was the striping? What colors were the striping on the pants? They were darker orange. Darker orange and white, or darker orange and. Like, the pants themselves are a lighter orange, and the stripes are, like, oh. stripes that are darker orange. Oh, okay. Meh. Then the last person was wearing a black long-sleeved shirt with elegant designs in orange on the left and right shoulders leading down the arms, and a pair of high-waisted green pants with kind of a lattice lace at the torso that kept it in tight to the waist. Okay. I bet... Uh, so I'll take those pants, but I think that Eric is going to want the black sh- long sleeve shirt with the golden, or not golden, the orange, uh, whatchamacallit. Decoration. Decoration. Yeah, <laughs> That's a little fancy. I'll just take the, the, the plain brown outfit. Okay. Man, you guys are taking the outfits of the advisors of Isis. 
pain. Well, people haven't seen people haven't seen these styles in thousands of years, and they're not gonna because she's gonna redo them into something a little bit more like <laughs> in today's fashion. <laughs> I do not care about style. Uh, just got getting out of the trial clothes. I'm taking these because they're dry. They're going in the bag of holding until we get someplace where I want to be presentable because the drow outfit is starting to grow its own intelligence at this point in time. <laughs> Declan, the sword hasn't stopped talking to you throughout this whole process. It's just so happy, especially when you leave the tomb for the first time. It just gasps. This is fantastic. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm out. I'm with a wielder who's going to help me bring light to the darkness. I'm so excited. Oh, it's pretty much nothing about darkness down here. Where? Down here. Oh, we're in the underdark. No, no. The, the tomb was floating. Are you able to yeah, see what's around that, me? I sort of. Can you see through my eyes? I'm never going to get used to that. No. <laughs> Did you just see him? see through my eyes <laughs> as he stares into the distance. Oh god. I'm trying to see what senses. Oh, I should probably specify to you folks. The oh my gosh, talks. it does. It can totally see. Oh, wonderful. I look at the temple and I look at the hole in the top of the cavern. See? It came crashing through there. No, it can see on its own. Oh, oh. Then I point out the hole. Shift your hips so it can have a view. Yep, do like pelvic thrust in that direction. <laughs> you just see Declan. Can you see through my eyes? Hip thrust. <laughs> She's getting weirder by the day. No hour, really. But well, now, I'm... yeah, as, so once you guys come out, every assist you in getting these sarcophagus lids into the water. Each sarcophagus lid is basically <clears throat> only big enough for one person to be in. It only supports the weight of one person while it's floating in the water. I'm going to lash into the, the sides of the boat. And the dwarf and Darendil will sink them. They're just too heavy. Alright, I'll take one of them. So there are five sarcophagus lids, I think? Yes. Just make like a small, like, raft armada. <laughs> and they're all, like, <laughs> tied together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's about the best we're going to do. This grotto, by the way, is... There's no other way out. You just have to go back the way you came. Okay, so wind, wind tunnel was not the best. Wind tunnel was not the best one, no. Okay. Do we go down the low one, or the rapids one? I don't want to go down the I rapids one. I'm that not entirely sure if Big D is going to be able to fit through the low one. Well, if he lays down in the boat... I'm more than happy to accommodate so that we might go through the tunnel that leads us to civilization quickly. Is he looking more spry since we finished that fight, or is he still kind of... No. No, no, he, he, got, he got jerkied pretty hard. Alright. You know what, Big D, you might want to take a nap while we go under the low tunnel. Can I cast a spell magic on him? But I, I know if that would help. It won't help, okay. Mm. Well, okay. Yeah, low tunnel it is then, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, low tunnel. So you guys get your rafts together, get your clothes in order, got your treasure in different places. The one good boat is the place where you guys stash the treasure in the Hold all. Well, you got bags of holding. Bags of holding. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to most of it at the moment. Yeah. Oh, but you get your little armada going, and you paddle down this low tunnel, this claustrophobic tunnel. There are many times when you guys have to navigate around a stalactite or still that has fused with a stalagmite in the water. <laughs> you have to navigate the boats around them. It's very slow going, very dark. You have to duck very often. I've kayaked through sea caves before. I know, I know what you're talking about. Has this sword told me its name? Yes. 
I'm Dawnbringer. Dawnbringer. But you can call me Dawn. That's shorter, I will call you that. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, at, at hearing this, Elton turns to you and just says, You call me what? Not talk, I'm talking to Dawn. Hold up the sword. There's no Dawn down here, you daft idiot. What's what the... you say? You, you're gonna call me shorter. No, it's the name of the sword. You're talking to a sword now. He, he yes. does that. It's, it's... It's weird. Humor him. It's a smart sword. It talks back. Okay. Good, you understand. He thought his bracelets were spiders earlier. Just, just nod and smile. You can see all, like, the admiration she had for him at the start of this campaign is gone. <laughs> <laughs> bring dishonor to us, bring dishonor to us. <laughs> yeah, this Jim Jar, he's gonna paddle his little raft up next to yours, Brittany, and lean over and just say, I'll bet you he doesn't last, just last another week in this right. I could have sworn I heard someone talking just now. Oh, don't be like that. <laughs> Come on, hiss at me. She just ignores him. <laughs> He's going to continue to attempt conversation. <laughs> it's not going to work. So who all, who all has their own individual uh, sarcophagus coracles? Sarcoracles. I'm on one. I'll take one. Sure. Okay, so our, our main characters all have one. Uh, I'll paddle up a little bit behind Jim Jar. Mm -hmm. Bet you die in your sleep if you keep that up. <laughs> His coracle just slowly drifts back <laughs> Bumpido, by the way, has been leading the way. You can oddly, if you get close enough to his coracle, you'll hear him sniffing the air. What? Um, he seems to be getting very jittery. Is he? Uh, other time. Is he the gnome? One of the gnomes? He's no, the Durgar. He's, he's the emaciated Durgar. Oh. So he would know his way down here pretty well. What do your Dorgar nose or nostrils smell? It's uh, it's not what they smell, it's what they don't smell. What don't they smell? Smoke. Should we be smelling smoke usually? Not usually, no. That's why it bothers me. <laughs> so, so are you or are you not smelling smoke at the moment? I'm not smelling smoke. Which is odd, because it's not odd. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what smoke means? Fire? People. Civilization. All of you are right. And we're not smelling and it. Specifically, smoke in the Underdark means Brackelstug, the city of the dwarves. And you're not smelling it. No. Hmm. I think he's just homesick. So we're... Not heading for it? Apparently not, no. Hey. Carry on. Not smelling. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back to just sharpening a knife. <laughs> you don't know how long it is that you guys are going through this tunnel, but eventually you end up coming into a huge cylindrical looking cavern. You look up, and suspended above you are gigantic webs. And oh. let's all turn around our boats and paddle back. <laughs> now these aren't, I don't just mean that there's like a web stretched across this thing. Uh, across it at one point. I mean there are strands of web crisscrossing this tunnel at different <clears throat> points. Wide enough for 
two people to walk aside on. They'll know. Yeah, um, I'm Hard not mess. not being any more enthused about this. Um, mm. Yeah, they're suspended about the the closest ones are probably about sixty feet above you. You're gonna have to hard pass this. Definitely draw. Okay, let's go back. Yeah. We go back. Yeah. <laughs> Even after paddling for hours yep. or day, yep. turn around. Yep. Just... We know a no-no tunnel when we see one. Giant spiders and drow, it's the only thing that can be there. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> so, you guys, so you guys literally just get your coracles in here, see what's going on. Turn your merry band around and go back into the claustrophobic tunnel. Yep. That's all for this episode of Mirth, Sin, and Fire. Our cast is Scott as Eric Severin, Walker as Declan Quinn, and Candace as Brittany. I'm Nick, your DM, signing off until next time. Hi. If you enjoyed this fire and want to see more burning, find us at thelayeraction.com.